Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star for two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are two very special guests. One of them, I'm in his nightmares, and the other one reached out to do this movie. <laughs> it's Jason Kerr, and welcome everyone, Aaron Marsh. Hey, hey, how you welcome. doing? Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Good to see you. Good to see everyone. And we're here today to talk about the 1978, I'm going to call it, it's a classic, The really? Wiz. Yeah. Which this kind of broke me. The screenplay is by Joel Schumacher. Did yes. not did not realize that. Yeah. <laughs> um, music and lyrics for the most part is by Charlie Smalls, directed by Sidney Lamont. Lamet? Ooh. LeMay. LeMay. Thank you. See, Aaron knows. I don't know last names. <laughs> and according to IMDB, an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz that tries to capture the essence of the African-American experience. That's what IMDb says. That's a good, that's a good uh, synopsis. I like that. Yeah, it's well put. Yeah, I it have does. To, I have to say, I was re-watching this yesterday in Starbucks and people around me were watching too because they were like, we love this movie. And I was a, like, yeah. you're right, yes. I'm going to say something controversial. I think I like this more than The Wizard of Oz. Wow. Black, black people do, do 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 it better. Well, I mean, <laughs> and and also, like, it had a great concept. You know, New mm-hmm. York City. I think also the fact that they aged up Dorothy helps. That's so interesting because that was a big problem in casting. Right. Huge problem in casting. She she almost didn't get it. Actually, I, I would I would love to have seen the film with Stephanie Mills. Because oh. they, they, were, they were going to use her. And, yeah, and she uh, and, was in her twenties at the time, and she could yeah. pass for teenager. Everyone's like Diane's too. Diane's too old. No, Diana. but then, but then I'll yeah, thank you for correcting yourself. <laughs> but then you know you just heard her sing "Home," and you're like, ah, we get it. Yeah. Also, she was a huge star at the time. Yes. Yes. It, 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 she she deserved to to lead a film, but uh, it, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that we have it. So. I realized I've seen a shitty high school production of this, but have you guys seen like the stage version live? So I saw the first. Ver- yeah, yeah, I saw the um, the second national tour, which was like of the revival, and Stephanie Mills was in it. I was five, but I rem- I do you know I do remember I do remember things surprisingly. Wow. Yeah. What do you remember? Um, so the yellow brick, you know, just kind of like aspects of, of seeing it. So Stephanie Mills, of course, was, was great. And she was like this, you know, yeah, she was yeah. so short. Um, the yellow brick road in that production was like, um, sort of like a marching guard, you know, so they had, they had, Ooh. um, like tall hats and, and, you know, like, um, you know what I mean? Like, like British guards kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So they yeah, were, they were yeah. just like that. Oh, wow. Um, the Eveline in the book, um, well, that's a big thing. One, the the stage show is practically literally the book, The Wizard of Oz, which mm-hmm. neither movie The Wizard of Oz or The Wiz is. But yeah, the stage show is, is really close to the book, The Wizard of Oz. But like, so the, the uh, Wicked Witch of the West in the book has one big eye that can see everything. So they did that by they made one of her breasts the eyeball, you oh, know, I and it blinks that. and stuff. Yeah. And um, 
I don't know. That's uh, that's probably the main things, you know, because okay. they were funny. Yeah, I love that you remember. The, that's detail that you remember. That's yeah. amazing. From five, you're yeah. Advanced. It was. You're it advanced. was. It was. Well, it was. It was influential. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're just like, I think I love musicals, and I'm five. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so this movie um, has. Mabel King, who originated the role of Eveline, as well as Ted Ross, who originated The Lion, um, which I just find fascinating that it's those two. Mabel was was a star. Mabel was on a TV show. Oh, yeah. She was on What's What's Happening. Yeah. So she so she had credibility. But Ted, I, I think that that's a that's a really lovely gift that they gave to him. But then the besides um Diana Ross as Dorothy they have Michael Jackson yeah. as the scarecrow which is I mean I I scrolled through his IMDb it seems like this is the first and really only feature film that he's been in I mean he's right. played that himself he didn't, that he didn't create yes so yeah. I mean what did what did you guys think of Michael Jackson he's in I mean this is before the Michael Jackson that we I mean that we really know yeah uh, so it, it feels like a launching pad for him uh but he's so energetic and he has so much life in him uh you know that he oh, oh he was excited to do this did you I just I just learned about this this morning uh that he didn't take off his makeup because it took four hours for them to do his makeup so he would leave set go home and sleep in his makeup and come back the next day uh, to, sa- to save time which sounds like Michael Jackson yeah but it also <laughs> sounds like it can easily rip or Kill whatever skin, that right? prosthetic was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four hours of makeup. They 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 packed it on. But I wonder if that started Michael Jackson's uh, disguise phase. Oh, because <laughs> you know he loved the disguise. I was just watching this and I was like, he is really good. He's a sponge. I mean, Michael Jackson was a sponge, and he and he took from so much. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's incredible. It was an incredible artist. God, I miss him. And then, uh, crap. What, what's his name? Nipsey, Nipsey, Nipsey Russell. Russell. He's amazing. <laughs> like he is amazing. I think like you talk about Michael Jackson as a great dancer, but then you actually see Nipsey Russell is is really amazing move like like a mover dancer in this I mean, film. Yeah, he's such a vaudeville guy. I mean, he is vaudeville Nipsey. Yeah. He like I don't. He's so good at his line delivery too, where he's yeah. He's very uh, monotone, but he's also a little sassafras. So, <laughs> when he said flim flam, I was I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> like his his introduction, where he has the um, larger statue on top of him, and he's yeah. just like, "No, guys, I'm fine. I'm just chilling down here. It's cool. Whatever. She's crushing me. It's cool. Don't worry about me." I was like, and "I it's love a, it's this. a whole it's a whole fetish." And so. his makeup is amazing too. I mean, yeah. this might be a different subject, but like his costume, his make it makeup, and like it looks like him, even though it also does look like you know a metal prosthetic and everything. It's it's just it's really good. The makeup is genius. The makeup person is the same person who did uh, Alien and Jurassic Park. And what? Um, yeah, this, this is a uh, the, the the makeup people were no hacks. All right. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, I'm just I'm just noticing it won this movie won two Oscars. Um oh no, sorry, it it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. It was yeah. nominated for cinematography, art direction, costume design, 
and music. I think it should have won makeup, though, because, like, that's the whole movie. It's incredible. I also went on a whole... I also went on a whole journey with myself with uh, the the lion's makeup because uh, the prosthetic left such a gap around his mouth. But then I realized that's supposed to be like the muzzle of a of a of a cat lion. I also just like how this movie was the was just like yeah they're yeah they're humans playing crows, but we're not making them like feather costumes and everything. We're it's just genius. gonna we're just gonna allude to that. The thing I like most about this movie is how black it is. I mean, it was created by black people. I mean, Jeffrey Holder is 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 a huge influence on this musical, but it shows the resourcefulness of the of the of the black experience. I mean, that's our whole. That's how we are still surviving is because we're so resourceful uh, over time. And this movie uses the bits and pieces that you know the Reese's pieces, but a cup for the for the nose and uh, the way the way that the everything's kind of like piece together i think and that's the, the set and the costumes it, it's just beautiful and it's so black and i live for it and i, I like that. that they changed the concept because the show is still like the wonderful wizard of oz where it's set in kansas and everything and this movie was like no no it's gonna be in new york well i didn't know this till this actually it's so funny i'm learning i i just learned about this movement uh EST. Uh, are you guys familiar with that? I, I just read about, about that. So I, I am because of the movie, but it does seem okay. to have analogies now, right? You know, and other self help, yeah. you know, movements now. Well, it, it is. It's um, uh, who is part? What's his name? Uh, but anyway, he, he's an offshoot of, of EST. But the but Jerry but Joel Schumacher and Dinah Ross were also a part of that. Te- were into that teaching right. at the time. Uh, Werner Erhards. Correct. Teachings? That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't know. Doesn't it seem like once you know that, like, I don't know, you kind of have a key to the film? Like, suddenly everything is like, oh, you know, everywhere. Can you expand on that? Because I didn't really do research. Okay. As Um, per usual. This this, this is off the top of my head. So uh, it it is a movement uh, and teachings, and and they did like motivational speaking uh, about how you can change your your life um, by changing your viewpoint. That is a really quick <laughs> okay way to explain it and i think like a good a good example is probably dorothy um talking to the scarecrow in front of the crows and you know yes. like your head like like you're never going to get anywhere if you don't get this garbage out of your head or something yeah. like that you know yeah. like or you're just filled with the garbage that the crows have been telling you you know something <laughs> like that you know but he yeah. needed to change he needed to change his perspective to see what he was capable of on his own yeah so I have a very fundamental question about this movie. Okay. Why is Dorothy going on this journey? Good question. Jason, we've talked a lot about these heroes' journey. You might might live for them. Yeah, but like at least in the, they set up why this person needs this change. Because she's never been below 125th Street. Well, I mean, they're in Prospect Park, so that's Brooklyn. So, yeah. (laughs) So. Maybe change it up. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did notice that in the filming. Actually, I was, this time I was watching. I was watching the locations a lot more, and I'm like, oh, it, it's really kind of all over the place. It's in Queens mostly, but yeah, because it's at Silver Cup. It's at Silver Studios. Cup, and they and they. I didn't realize that they actually used the the um the World's Fair. Yeah, Shea, that's Shea Stadium space. I didn't realize that they, that that was actually on location. You know. 
I also thought that Emerald City was Lincoln Center, but it was really um, downtown. World Trade, same World same Trade Center. World Trade Center. Same design. It's I, same I time was, period. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just like, well, okay, because they, because, um, Aaron, I don't know if you've been in New York, but at, um, in Lincoln well, Center, there is that big You don't live here? No, no, I'm from Chicago. I'm in Texas right now, but you're in yeah, the, you're, I'm from you're, Chicago. You're, but you're in an iconically queen set that's behind you. <laughs> I told him to keep that background for you. Oh, oh I love it. Thank you. <laughs> for those of you but, who um, can't see, Aaron has a Sesame Street background. I'm like, you're in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm trying to so fit in. <laughs> in Lincoln Center, there's this big fountain that like you cannot sit sit or stand on because the guards there will yell at you. But what? I thought <laughs> really yeah they do well you can sit on it you can't walk around it around that little not anymore okay oh, okay oh, oh because since they've changed it it's glass so, so uh... you, you, can, you, can, you can slip you can actually it's like i've not i've not done it since it's been it's new i didn't i didn't realize that you can't walk on it anymore i'm also See, too old i thought <laughs> that's what that was and then I realized it was the World Trade, and then I read it was the World Trade Center. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I mean, time. at least it's still New York. Um, the other thing I really noticed this time around is that they're all dubbed throughout the movie. All yeah. it actually, it actually works really well um, because it gives them the ability to do this movement. I love the, oh, and I, I, I've always known I love this moment, but watching it today, uh, it, it was really remarkable when 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 Eveline goes war is hell and she's dubbed over war is hell and then she her body just like mo- goes into this movement i'm like you can she couldn't have done that uh if it were if it were live vocals and also it would be impossible to do that scene with live vocals because because we didn't have many they probably didn't have too many lavaliers so it was all boomed mm. so i think the only times that they're actually speaking when, are in the close up shots where you can hide the boom no no i think every single Every single of this is, is of this movie is dubbed. Wow, wow! Because like I really noticed it in the beginning when we're in Munchkinland, and then there's that kid who is clearly like 16 years old, but sounds like he's 12. It, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was just like, this doesn't match. This does not match up. <laughs> oh yeah. Until you burned alphabets into uh, from the sky. That line. No, 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 no. So, like, you know how there's like the four munch- speaking Munchkins around her when in the, um, in the ver- when she first lands when she when after the, yeah right before the song okay or, right okay. before the uh, he's the Wiz I believe that's the name the name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um he's the wizard and there's one of, there's one of the Munchkins who's like taller than Miss Ross and he <laughs> sounds like he's you know ten to twelve years old and I'm like that's not right. <laughs> I love that. I'll, although I, I go back. Although I don't understand, maybe you guys know why do they change um, Adipearl's name in this? I, that I don't know. So I, I, I don't either. But, but Miss One, they did give her that whole shtick about the numbers, and so like her lines are all you know are all play on numbers and stuff. And and I actually think that comes from like. Not necessarily the crazy lady, but the ladies who are always playing the lottery, the places who are always like. So I, I worked with this woman whose mom said that Ziggy from the newspaper used to give her the numbers to play in the lottery, you know, and she'd win. She'd win, you know, like little amounts and stuff. But there were, you know, people who 
it was a big thing about like dreaming lottery numbers and things like that. Yeah. And so I, I think, I just think that's her, you know, like she's, she's the lady who's always like, Ooh, those are good numbers to play, yeah. you know? And so the name reflects that. I mean, Again, they also made her like a bag lady too. I love it. Totally. So black. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This movie is just amazing though. Cause it's like, Besides the look of it, they didn't really change. I mean, they they added that subway sequence, which no yeah. one um, can equate really to the Wizard of Oz. Well, it's the like, it's the same. It's just an extended poppies section, and yeah. it's like it's when the trees are throwing the apples, and it's yeah, that whole trees. it's that whole bit. No, well, so I found this on IMDb um, that uh, in the trivia section that it may represent the part in the book where Dorothy and company are pursued by. I'm going to fuck this up. The Kalidas. Kalida, Kalida, yeah. It's kind yeah. of a bear tiger chimera. Ooh. So, that is in the stage show, if I remember yeah. correctly. I uh, think it is in the stage show. There's there's a whole lot in the stage show. It's all represented by dance. Well, I, I did you see the, the City Center production um, years ago? With, no. Um, that, that, was, that was a really cool looking production. With Ashanti? Uh, with Ashanti, that's her name. Uh, who was fine. Uh, the, real, the real star... <laughs> The real star in that was uh, Tashina Arnold, uh, who played Eveline. That was that. I, oh. I, I can, I can. If I like, my memory, my whole body is like shivering a little bit thinking about it because it was so good. I mean, I'm so I'm looking it up, and that that encores, as well as the 1992 U.S. tour, did something different than everyone else, which is uh, the same actor played Aunt Em and Glinda. Which I was just like, that is oh, yeah. really smart. It's really smart. It makes sense. It makes the dream make. It makes it if you're if you're focusing on the dream part of it, it makes it makes perfect sense. Because the movie doesn't do this, but I think the show has the friends as in the bookend scenes, where it's like before she leaves for Oz, and then when yes, she comes back, she does. she does. They do. They do. But in the movie, that doesn't happen. No, it it, it should, but it does separate the worlds a bit. It's, so I don't know. Going back to what I asked earlier, because I don't, I still don't understand why Dorothy is in Oz, but you see Glinda bring her to Oz for a reason. <laughs> Say that one more time, please. I don't understand why Dorothy is in Oz, but like Glinda does bring her to Oz because you see her like cast oh, the yeah, tornado she... and everything. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had to. She, she knew what she had to go through. But then what I really like about the movie, though, is that like the wizard at the end, the wizard is like, oh, I'm a sham. Oh, I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. And Dorothy's just like, now it's your turn to figure your shit out. Yeah. yeah. Even though Dorothy had her shit out to begin with. And, oh, well, I guess that's why they cut. That makes sense why they cut the wizard song, because I, I'm, I'm still upset that they cut Y'all Got It. Y'all Got It is one of my favorite songs in the show. Um, But for his journey and for the concept that they're going for with the EST and all that business, it would have made sense. Mm, but Richard Pryor. <laughs> I wish Richard Pryor would have sang. I'm, I'm sure that he does. Has he ever sung before? Not really. Not to my knowledge, but Not he, to my knowledge. The cast is just a fantastic. Every, every everyone. Soup to nuts. The, yeah. it's, it's just an incredible cast. I was also reading that uh, Michael Jackson's solo song "You Can't Win" was a, mm-hmm. was cut in the stage version. Originally, the Winkies sing it to Dorothy uh, and how she can't escape Eveline. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He has a different song in the show. Yeah, it's um, how's it go? Was it? It's um, 
Um, I can't even hear it. I was some, I was born. That's the oh, part I remember. Born, I, was born, born, I was born on the day before yesterday. Before yesterday. Yeah. 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 I like uh, you can't win better still. Yeah. I mean, it feels. Because like, also watching this, I was just like, how, why does the scarecrow like look for a brain, even though he's walking and talking? And that's basically what a brain does. It like helps people move or things move. Yeah, well, it's re- it's reinforcing the the fact that we we get in our own way and uh and prevent our own destiny. And w- and this movie too, I don't know if it's this uh, e- oh, crap. What is it called again? EST. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where they show that they what they're looking for, like they um, each friend presents themselves what they're looking for before the final scene where they're like you had it all along oh yeah so like that whole subway scene the line is courageous Mm -hmm. um the uh the tin man is so can cry he's so emotional and everything yeah and like the scarecrow is quoting famous cicero yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is that part of the stage version or is that i don't remember so i don't remember that i don't think think so I I also love that the I mean the OJ is playing the, the crows I think is everything. It sounds like a like a like a conversation you would hear in the barbershop. The the dialogue is so fucking amazing. Let's talk about the stage version for a hot second. So okay. the Wiz, which has I don't know if this is the actual original title, the Wiz, the Super Soul Musical Wonderful Wizard of Oz. That that mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes That's sense. on the Wikipedia page as like the first line. Um, it premiered in Baltimore on October 21st, 1974, and then moved to Broadway Broadway January 5th, 1975, and won seven Tony Awards. Yeah. Um, best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Performance by a Featured Actor for Ted Ross, The Lion. Best oh, that's why, in, that's why he's in the movie. Best Performance by a Featured Actress, Dee Dee Bridgewater, who played Glinda. Best Direction, wow. Best Choreography, Best Costume Design. It was nominated for Best Book, but lost to Shenandoah. Anyone heard of that one? No? Yes. Great. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People um, used to do Shenandoah. They don't do it anymore. <laughs> they do The Wiz instead. They do The Wiz instead. <laughs> and like... Okay, I need I need to talk about this for a second. I, okay. Seeing the whiz being done by like high schoolers, where it's all white kids, rough. Mm. It's like guys, especially recent in recent years. Yeah, it's cringy. You're like, okay, guys, no, we can stop this now. Like, yeah. do the Wizard that. of Oz. Do the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the, or do the, something else. Yes the the whiz is written this way for a reason. Yeah, and when you be... have a bunch of white kids doing it, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, like like once in this island too it doesn't oh. make sense oh yeah um but this movie's a, this movie is so amazing so aaron you new to the podcast you wanted to do yeah. this movie was there do you have uh, like an emotional attachment is this your favorite childhood movie or something because apparently that's what jason comes on to talk about his favorite childhood movies i really do it's so, it's so i can re- uh, have something to talk to my therapist about Sure. Uh, you know, I I watched uh, I watched this again a few months back. My mom came to visit and she said she'd been looking for it. And I was like, it's always streaming. She said, I couldn't find it. So I said, OK, so we'll watch it. And um, it's like every time I take a break from it and see it again, I'm astounded by just what a good movie it is, especially for being a very unsuccessful movie. Yeah. But it's it's I mean, it's it's great. 
And um, yeah, I grew up watching it. I, it was, it was, I mean, there was a handful of films, but you know, this Grease, Xanadu, you know, um, maybe Singing in the Rain, they were on all the time, you know, and, and like I said, I went to see the tour. So um, <laughs> after I went to see the tour, I know I, the reason I know I was around five was because I was in kindergarten and I brought to show and tell my copy of the LP soundtrack yes. and my copy of the playbill. And I love like, it. No one understood what I was talking about. <laughs> that was amazing. But that was a life changing experience for you. It was, it was, yeah. I loved it. And, um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's such yes i agree with you what you said that um every time you come back to it because like i don't even remember the last time i watched this movie but as i was watching this like usually i take notes i write questions that i was just watching yeah it's beautiful like emerald city is one of my favorite sequences oh, ever it's opulent it is movie magic mm-hmm. truly movie i, I remember rewinding it rewind, rewinding it kids uh, on a vcr uh <laughs> over and over as a kid because that sequence is just magic i i didn't understand i actually thought for a long time um just because i i was a i was kind of a stage kid you know, growing up i thought that they were like wearing white outfits and that the, 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 only the light was changing <laughs> you know i oh, did that, yeah that's that actually too. that's actually what i i always thought yeah yeah turns but, out joel schumacher asked some favors and Got that's how the the everyone looks so opulent. Design, I mean Calvin Klein, uh, like, like the top designers came out and and, and worked and donated for this. Can you imagine? Wow. There, were, I said there, they said there are twelve hundred costumes, which which is interesting to me because there are only six hundred dancers. So and there are three looks. So I'm curious how that number how those numbers work out. Well, yeah. I mean, they probably didn't use all six hundred dancers in each. Oh, you're color. probably right. You're probably right. You're probably right. Although. Oh yeah, two, if they use two hundred piece, then then yeah, that makes sense. Did you all see Quincy Jones? Yes, yes, that's a lovely cameo because <laughs> he wrote the music for that scene. He sure did. <laughs> yeah, he sure and, did. And Charlie Smalls wrote the lyrics, and yeah. like Quincy Jones wrote for uh, as well. Um, crap, he was he, he was killing it this time. He was up there with like Burt Bacharach and Carol King at this time. He yeah, was like, you know, he was like the funk version. He wrote. I mean, he wrote. The television theme songs all throughout the seventies. He wrote all sorts of movie scores. He he was top of his game. Well, he's also a child prodigy. Uh, there, there's two other new songs for the movie. The "Can I Go On," which is what Dorothy sings in the when she, uh, after in after her apartment. Mm-hmm. No, Bef- before oh. she leaves in the kitchen, okay. where it's it's so. Oh yes, it's so quick. But it's also so like theatrical and still because like the camera's not moving and she's not moving. So you're just like here, you know, you're just seeing her face yeah. and everything. And I was just like the camera work in this movie is beautiful. Astounding. Astounding. I, even even like little things like the way the it's the gaze that G A Z E, <laughs> the gaze of the movie, which I love. Uh, like w- w- when they're in Munchkinland, I love that we are kind of a fly on the wall, and that we're we're kind of going through the playset, and it's it's a really cool view, view that they're giving us. Uh, even when they discover the, the yellow brick road, like how that kind of reveals to us. Yes, yes, it's, it's beautiful. I wrote after Ease on Down the Road number one, the balls Sydney Lumet has to film them with their backs to the camera 
I love it. I hate that. I actually hate. <laughs> no, that. I love it. I <laughs> that love that it. is gonna be one of my. What are we calling them? Flats. flats. You're flats. <laughs> that is such a flat. Because <laughs> like, like you know, theater directing 101. No backs to the audience unless you're trying to make a point, especially when they're delivering lines. And I actually yeah. think there is a point. Maybe, but also like Sidney Lumet wasn't a musical director. He made New York crime dramas. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is his only musical. And there are times where I think, okay, he doesn't know what he was doing in the genre. Yeah. But overall, as I mean, overall as a film, I think it it is beautiful. Stunning. It's a little weird because I'm I'm like, I see that now that now that you say that, I understand that. But I'm just like, I don't know how else to do this. Like, especially that moment, that song where it's Michael Jackson and Diana Ross dancing with their backs to the camera. I'm like, that just makes sense. And he does a lot of wide shots too. Big, big, big shots. A lot of wide shots. The only reason I said like, maybe it was a, 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 or or why I think it probably isn't on purpose choice is there's something interesting where they're shot from behind. They pick up the Tin Man and they, they, you know, reprise the song and they're shot from behind. But then when they meet the Cowardly Lion and now like the unit is complete, you finally get the full frontal shot and they come oh. at the camera and they get on those taxi cabs. Yeah. And, it's beautiful. And that's the first time they finally sing the song facing the audience, you know, is that final reprise. And so yeah. maybe, you know, yeah, maybe was, there's something to that. I'm so glad yeah. I brought you on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a staple friend of the pod soon. Oh, <laughs> blushing um, <laughs> for those who can't see. <laughs> but also, Quincy Jones wrote the music for. Is this what feeling gets, Dorothy? Which is theme? cut. It's not actually in the movie. It instrumental. It is, but but the vocal version isn't in the movie. Yeah. So we hear his music. Yeah. We do hear the music. Yeah, <laughs> not the not Nicholas Ashford's and Valerie Simpson's lyrics. Great. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's time we need to talk about everybody rejoice because oh that's a well, game, we're, we're game moving fantasy. through this fast <laughs> oh, oh I don't oh, we bounce around I'm okay. surprised that we're being so cohesive when it comes I to know. things here this episode um but I need to I need I need I need a minute to talk about everybody rejoice because like you have I don't know maybe like a hundred dancers in this and they're all hot and they're in gold bikinis and and they're jumping around and uh kicking their faces and everything except for those that are on the rafters but i'm okay with it so so they won't die i don't know if there's not an equivalent song from the source material the wizard of oz right like this is just like this is specifically for this movie correct right it's not this moment, yeah, because it's well, also on the stage. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Is kind of eh. oh, that's, uh, that's, that's in the beginning though. They, yeah. We don't get that. We don't get that in the end. We don't get that reprise. Yeah, yeah, we don't get that. And this is written by Luther Vandross. Correct. Amazing. Yeah. Talk about it, another person at the top of his game at the time. This movie is ic- so iconic. It's so and like he wrote it for the stage version. Right. Yeah, I always wish not- I. I always wish I knew like how that happened. Right. You know, because the whole stage show is otherwise written by Charlie Smalls. You know, I wish I knew how how he got involved with it. He was probably just like, hey, Luther, 
<laughs> I'm having I'm having issues. I'm difficult here. We we need a celebratory number. Can you write it in five seconds? Thank you. That's I'm sure usually someone how talks it about it. Like yeah. ever since doing this podcast, Aaron, like finding out other people writing things for other people's properties, I'm, and it's just like sure. I can't. I physically can't write this. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't have it in my head. Can you do it? And then they do it, and you're like, ah, that's what we've been missing. It's, There's it's that what? little clip of Michael like spinning around in front of the window, and oh. you know, doing his being Michael, which which has become like a, I don't know, a clip you see in montages in general. Like yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but like in advertisements for whatever streaming services or great moments in film, like I feel like I see that clip a lot of Michael oh, Jackson I... spinning around in, in front of the in front of the window during Everybody Rejoice. Like that's that's an iconic shot of him. He's like, yeah, he does. Now, now I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it everywhere now. I or I, like or maybe in like Michael Jackson promo material. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But okay. it's like I know I see it out of context a lot. <laughs> this is the one song that like I just I, I I may not watch the whole movie, but like I revisit this video like maybe watch on YouTube. twice a year. Yeah, three times a year. More, especially especially when I'm in a celebratory mood and I'm just like, let's rejoice. <laughs> And you can kick your face in your apartment. You know, it's great. I, I do. I know. I, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> um, I I can't say how much I love this movie because I just I do. It's amazing. Yeah. And like, I I really love all the nods to New York City, where like after the first ease on down the road, and you see like five buildings that look like the Chrysler Building. Yeah. Or that super clean subway scene that is clearly in a studio because no subway station. <laughs> that I mean, they pro- that probably had to be in a studio because like of all the shit that happens. Right. The, the, well, with the, the um, columns, that's definitely a studio. That's definitely mm-hmm. a studio, but I'm, I was trying to like think about it and I was like, I don't know what station this could be. Sorry it to go looked, very New York on you. Everyone it looks here. like, yeah, it, it, where I was watching today, it did look like uh, the E train that's in Queens. Um, you know, um, uh, it's it's not, it's just after Roosevelt Island. Okay. Like that, that one of those stations. I haven't been Universal out there. actually does have like a train station set in their studio in uh, Hollywood too, though. Yeah. You know, which it actually could be that with the staircase. And the, I mean, the one platform, it could it could be that if they, or if they built one at Silver Cup. I mean, Silver Cup is massive. Uh huh. Probably. Yeah. But like, and that, there is a, there is a subway right at Silver Cup, right by Silver Cup. Oh, that, that well, not right too. by, but like in that in that vicinity. That sequence too is kind of terrifying, especially like how it builds. You know, it builds to those bouncing things growing. Oh. And then, like you know, the the set piece come breaks off, and then they try to attack each other. And then yeah. Michael Jackson has to put his arms in the garbage cans to make it look <laughs> like they're eating him. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what, do you, what do you guys think of the? What do you guys think of the? Uh, I forgot what I forgot what he's called in the credits, but that guy, the puppet master guy. The... Oh, he's um, he's the the sub. Ah, oh, crap. The peddler is peddler. he the peddler? Yeah, yes. that makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think he's just an agent of chaos and yeah. I'm here for it. He's he he, I, he represents like the flying monkeys in the book. 
No, the flying monkeys are the motorcycles. I know, but like, they are the, but but the monk, but you know, but like, like another are... adversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, you know, because I was wondering uh, um, if he's supposed to be kind of like an Obeya man, kind of like Doctor Felicier, and and then especially suddenly in the subway, he's wearing a mask because he's not during the earlier scenes, but then You're suddenly right. he's got some weird mask, and then yeah. that 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 um that motif that you were you know that you were just doing is like a nod to um uh herbie hancock's watermelon oh, the watermelon man, man. Oh, and it's not it that. it's not it but it definitely you know it's definitely evoking it the watermelon yeah. man well, clip well herbie hancock and, and um and uh quincy is, quincy thank you quincy jones were both funk so i mean they're very similar in their composition uh-huh. styles they i mean they work together yeah. So that makes that, that 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 makes sense. But yeah, I was you know, and I don't I don't know if any of all of that adds up or not. But yeah, I was like, is he supposed to be like the scary Obeo man or something? I'm I, I never I'm not thought sure. about that. That's I, a really I, cool thought. I probably because then you see him later in Evelyn's sweatshop. Yeah, right. Because they bring the, back all the tertiary the characters. And, yeah. yeah, and the crows and everything, which I really appreciated. However. Eveline doesn't really show up until like two thirds of the way through the movie, nor do they right. really mention her until then. They right. They talk about oh, they talk right. about her sister. Yeah, and, and they don't bring her up until until the, the she has to be defeated, which I find fascinating. And because, that's very yeah. Go on because like um, it's interesting that like all of us um that this this story of them wanting to like find the wizard and that's really their goal and then all of a sudden they're brought they're um, they're sidetracked they're sidetracked yes to defeat the villain of the movie that doesn't really have that much of a presence until it's very theatrical um because it's very theatrical very vaudeville because then you have a late you have a late character uh who's a star yeah. And, give, and gives a and gives a star performance and then goes away. It's poor, like it's it's like it's like uh, King King Herod in Jesus Christ Superstar. But also mm-hmm. poor Mabel King, like she had a scream in that booth recording re-recording her lines. Like, yeah, I do think some of those lines were live, like the laugh when she when she's um, melted. It sounds live. That doesn't sound recorded to me. Well, so okay. Because they, my my thought is that they recorded everyone because they filmed around New York City, and, it's and loud. so it's traffic, cars yeah. honking, and all that. So that's yeah. probably why they re-recorded everybody. But yeah. also, when they're clearly in a in a studio space, they're still re-recorded. But like her, her scene is in a set piece. Like it's in a studio. It's a studio. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe she's the one that they're like, okay, we don't need a mic for you. We got it. <laughs> we we got it, Mabel. She's like, <laughs> we, we we know you're theater girl. We get it. We get it. <laughs> you're you're speaking to the back of the audience. Great, thank you. <laughs> oh it's my like god, me on any set. Uh... <laughs> I, did you guys notice also? <laughs> Speaking of how New York this movie is, uh, when you see the sunrise on Emerald City, it's an apple. I did notice that. I, I yeah, I always remember that growing up. But uh, I kind of think the design is like the Magritte paintings, in and like, um, like Metropolis or something. Like that. 
Yeah, um, like well, everything is really symmetrical. That and that was actually something. If, if, if going back to um, when after the Munchkins, Dorothy sings her first home, and um, what is that? As soon as I get home, home, and she's going through like the abandoned, the abandoned, uh, ruined buildings. Yeah, and even those are like surreal. It's like the whole film is is more of a surrealist film than a fantasy film, you know. Yeah. And so the 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 ruins suddenly are beautiful with like the dawn coming up behind them, and then yeah. and then the set for the scarecrow. It's the it's the ruined building, but it's symmetrical like this, and he's in the center, and you just see the sky through it. And then yeah, the Chrysler Building and the uh, the Museum of Art where you can see yeah. the sky going through the doorway, you know, it's like a facade and yeah. then the sky is on the other side of the door. And there's like, yeah, it just looks like these paintings by, by Magritte who also did a bunch about these, just an apple or the apple in, in front of the guy's face. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I think they looked to him for that whole surrealist. I think they probably looked to a lot of, a lot of artists, but yeah. I think that's one of the nods for like all the surrealism. And then of course the big apple, you know, but yeah, I always thought that was so weird growing up. And then just w- one of those, one of the, I think many things about this movie, whereas like, as I'm getting older, I'm noticing more and more things about it. Like in my twenties, you know, when, when it went from, huh, I wonder how come the cabs don't stop to like, oh, oh they can't get a kind of why the cabs don't com- stop. You know? a and commentary. Like, yeah. And then by the you know, by the end, I mean we could do like probably a lot of episodes about that in this movie. You know, oh, yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. And and then at the end, they're like, "Fuck it, we're gonna stand on the cabs." Yeah, I know. I, yes. We know you're not running because you're yeah. off duty. So go fuck yourselves, cabs. Yeah, we're gonna dance on you. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite too is I noticed um, before the introduction of the lion when they are walking in front of is that the library that is the library yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um there are two again uh symmetry there are two crosswalk lights and they just yes. say don't ease. don't ease i was <laughs> like that's a sharp <laughs> that's a sharp and then they say ease. they sharp. change the ease when they were when they, stand <laughs> they up on change top of the... the ease when they yeah. go yeah <laughs> when they, when they, yeah it's amazing it's, it's so like it... It's it's camp, but it's not like super campy. It's it's over the, it's, over the top. It's just every it's it's so it's amazing. And like for somebody who isn't known for doing musicals, yeah, like right. to create such an iconic. Granted, I just looked it up. It like um, the movie uh, d- it made a lot. It did make a lot of money. Twenty one million dollars. Right, but like apparently the budget was twenty four. So Four million. It was like, yeah. It, it yeah. just broke even. <laughs> yeah. Barely. It was a flop. But, it was a, it, it was the most expensive movie at its time and yet it was flop. But however, um The Wizard of Oz apparently was not a box office hit. No. Wow. Also, also we could do like five episodes on that one because like that's the little movie that should never have worked. Yeah. 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 And so and and like it it's historical at this point but like then you have movies like this and then all those other ones that Jason and I have talked about where it's the journey and like, is it realism, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know if this movie would have worked if there wasn't a wizard of Oz, you know what I mean? Well, I think it wouldn't have worked if, if it didn't, if the original team of the Wiz didn't do all the good work because the groundwork was there for the people who made the movie 
to make it amazing. Uh, again, the, the design of the of musical is over the top, and they could not follow that. They'd be stupid if they were if they didn't, because the musical is already a Tony winning hit. Yeah, and people knew it. And also, this movie is two hours and fourteen minutes long. It's only thirty minutes longer than the Wizard of Oz movie, and oh, like wow. this movie flies. It does. Like, there's it's... no like even that weird subway station sequence. Which you're just like, I don't understand what's going on, but I still <laughs> like it. Like there's there's no lull or dull moments in this movie, for no. in my opinion. No. I don't know what if you two thought otherwise. I, no. I don't think there are any there there are any at all. It, no. it it just clips it clips by. Like usually I see over two hours and I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. But this one, I'm like <laughs> I mean that, I, I will call you Miss Ross. <laughs> I, I will bow down to you. Be- because you're nasty? No. <laughs> um I don't I don't know if I have anything else that I wrote down that we haven't talked about yet. Is there anything else y'all y'all want to talk about before we get sharp and flat? We probably should talk about like Lena Horn. And... Legend. Legend. Yes. That it feels like she's just like you get a day. <laughs> she probably only had a day. <laughs> oh yeah, she and filmed I... that. She filmed that in one day. She, you could easily film that in one day. Oh, yeah. all of her stuff. Yeah, because she has it, it. She she you you know she's talking off camera to somebody at points. Yeah. Oh yeah, she like... was, you're, you're right. She wasn't there. Yeah. She wasn't there. Also, I read that the snow babies around her, like when they're behind her, they're dolls. So oh, they didn't right. string up children. Oh, <laughs> I always wish that they were. Well, oh, that makes but me then so when sad. They, but then when they did the close-ups, it is actual children. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Now, now I have to re- now I have to rewatch because my imagination made them made them strung up babies, and that's very very well, that's, satisfying for me. It's weird also reading that because <laughs> I feel like I remember seeing them like move their arms moving while she's something. singing, right? Yeah. So may- maybe that IMDb factoid was wrong <gasps> shock shocker <laughs> but yeah and then also isn't the, the, another imdb fact that i read is that at the time of filming um uh sydney lumet was like the son-in-law of lena horn <laughs> oh that's right I, I read that too a while back and i forgot and, and did he lose son-in-lawship Probably. I mean, that's what I feel like reading it saying at the time of filming, like, yes, he did lose the son in lawship. Well, it sucks. <laughs> um, I love the songs in this. Yeah, I think like it's just very well crafted. Correct. And I and I'm now kicking myself for not, you know, seeing the stage for uh, like a, a good stage version. Did you? I, I also saw the um concert that version that they did in the park uh a few summers summers ago um this must have been like uh eight years ago seven eight years ago uh they did and uh, andre de shields did it so i got to see andre de shields do the wizard live which was something yeah he, when you he when you he, go he, on when you go onto the show's wikipedia page and they yeah. show you like who's the notable principal casts like a lot of them repeat 
over the years. Stephanie Mills played Dorothy for like 20 years. That's what those guys did. I mean, look at Hello Dolly. Like they knew that when they got a role, they never they 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 held on to it. I mean, that that was in a time when when stars would tour. Mm. I mean, stars don't tour anymore. I'm sh- I'm shocked that people like Norm Lewis are on tour right now. That just doesn't seem like that that happens anymore, but they should be cuz people should be able to see stars on the road. Now, I know that they did the the live, which we may cover in another episode. Who knows? But, like, would you all like to see a remake? It's, it is coming back to Broadway in, in, uh, next year. No, but I mean, like, the movie. A movie, a remake of the movie. Ooh, no. No. no? no, 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 no. I like, I, I like I, the I, idea of the live um, or, you know, capturing the stage show. But, yeah, yeah the movie's done. It's too iconic. Yeah. And if they did have to do it, it'd have to be more for more money. And I'm with just inflation, asking. I didn't. Would... <laughs> I, I don't. I also don't want a a remake of the movie. I wouldn't mind a revival of the show. Yeah, because like shows are whatever you know they're not and up for reinterpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, the show clearly parallels more with the Wizard of Oz than this movie did because, like it, like I said, it is set in Kansas. Dorothy is. A teenager? Question yeah. mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> in this one, at they're least like they didn't shy you're twenty four. <laughs> at least they didn't shy away from her being older and being a school teacher. I, th- I thought that was really inventive. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I like it more when Dorothy is older because this Cause... way, when she meets the friends, the 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 three me- older, the three men basically that are <laughs> different uh, creatures, it it felt a little bit more like old friends hanging out. Yeah, uh, like a bar or something, rather okay. than "Hey, little girl." Hello, little girl. <laughs> she's a little hysterical in the movie. You know, she's always kind of on the verge of like hysterical shouting and tears, which <laughs> is kind of weird. <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of shrill to listen to sometimes. So you know, I got that as part of, as part of the criticism about her being a little old for it. You know, but then, yeah, but then she there's has... like. But then, then she sings home finale, and you're like, That's I don't it. care. That's I don't it. Care and <laughs> even Be a Lion, I think her Be a Lion is like one of her, you know, one of her top vocal performances. Yeah. Um, and and I mean Stephanie Mills Be a Lion is is insane. Just yeah. if 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 anybody hasn't heard it out there, like, yeah, pull up Stephanie Mills recording of Be a Lion. It's insane. It's amazing. But yeah. but yeah, uh uh Diana Ross gives a really good vocal on that. Yeah, she had to. She was a star. Yeah, <laughs> she's a supreme for fuck's sake. Yeah, she was. A, I mean, she was a she star. Is for, the supreme. She was a star for almost. I mean, over ten years by this point, because she was because Supremes were oh, fifties, yeah. right? Yeah, late fifties, early sixties. Oh yeah, she was a star for they, a while. Yeah, they actually opened for Judy. What? Amazing! I didn't know for that. one of Judy's concerts, and that's that's on the IMDb trivia page, I believe, where it's like, wow, yeah, back back in like the sixties, I think it was because Judy died. Judy died nineteen sixty five. Five. I'm Nine. not gonna. I'm not gonna correct no, that's, you. <laughs> this, is queer, this is queer history because that's the start, that's the beginning of, of Stonewall. Okay, yeah. Judy. So so that yeah, then sixty what sixty. Nine. You were oh. uh, you were correct earlier when you said it was the start of Stonewall because that's the same that, year. That, yeah, that's same. That's, well, 1969 well, well, is a big year. Well, Judy is the reason because they were mm-hmm. mourning. Ah, uh, like, right. And then they and, got and, arrested. And, and, and they're, like, they're like, 
leave us the fuck alone. We we're, we're trying to mourn our queen, and they wouldn't leave him alone. And then bricks were thrown, and you know, all, yeah, uh, the rest and then the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And let me tell you, it was really difficult figuring out a flat for this movie, but I found one and it's really stupid. (laughs) And that, and I'm going to start with my flat because I want to get it out of the way. And that is that no one's dialogue was recorded live or like majority of the people's dialogue. There were moments though, where it did take me out because it was like a little off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, and that's like the stupidest flat I can think of, because like this movie, (laughs) like I said, I just stopped pretending like I'm a podcaster and watched it like I'm a viewer, like I like I'm just watching a movie. It sucks you in. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what were your flats? Uh, My flat is a little more specific. Um, I didn't realize it until I was really watching it this time. Uh, And the feeling, this feeling that we have uh, in the musical is a private moment. And I have a big problem when, when, when private moments are directed to be public moments. Uh, It's a very intimate moment between her and, uh, and Annie M. And she's imparting all this knowledge for her. So for the family to be there and I was watching the staging and everything, I was like, Oh, this kind of doesn't make any sense. It kind of loses its power uh, with when they're, when there's a family here uh, at the time. So that's my flat. And that you're talking about um, the feeling, the feeling that we had. Yeah. And she starts the song singing to another relative. Correct. Mm -hmm. And and the song is all about Dorothy. Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) Sorry. I'm also on the IMDB page and they're playing the trailer and it's everybody rejoice happening. And so I'm so happy. She sucked in. She sucked in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's best. Uh, uh, do you have any other flats, Jason? Uh, no, that's it. Okay, Aaron, your flats. But when 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 Aunt M is singing that to the family, and she's like hugging her daughter to her chest, don't you just want like an Aunt M hug? Like, I do. Snuggle me to your oh, chest yeah. and sing I can, to me. I can, yeah, nestle me in your bosom and, and sing and sing, sing two to tunes me. to me. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it is hard to find flats with this one, but so mine is uh, that yeah, ease on down the road, the hit from the show, and the two biggest stars of the era shot at distance from behind so you can't see their faces (laughs) when like that when that could have been like you know a whole music video right there um this is before music videos though yeah of course of course and um and yeah diana ross is is a little shrill in some uh in some of her her (laughs) in some of her line delivery like uh you know she's like miss one miss one Oh. <laughs> you know and it goes through the stadium like whoa that went quick and then the next thing you know she's like crying and making weird like... well this is is this this is her first movie too right no 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 and, mahogany. You know, oh, mahogany actually, happened before this that's yeah. actually gonna be say I, you know i'm gonna say that's gonna be a flat for me too because like she looked good in mahogany yeah. and she, they didn't make her look so good in this, which is probably part of the character, you know, probably yeah. part of the character demands, but you know, it takes a while probably till about be a lion and then home when they, when she's finally getting like shot kind of glamorously. Yeah. But yeah, they were not flattering in filming her in this movie. What I love about it though, is that they, 
We're like, we're not paying any homage really to Judy Garland or the Wizard of Oz yeah, movie. No. So no. like there you like, yes, her color scheme is in like a blue or yeah. like the blue of the yeah it's not the same and they're like we're i mean we're just like hinting at what she looks like but like and like she does look kind of dowdy but like that's the point you know she's yeah yeah right it's not supposed to be the glamazon diana ross that she is you know she's she's a spinster a school teacher or something yeah um okay let's let's get to sharps okay um for me i'm gonna sharp the concept and execution of the whole setting it in new york thing like mm. the they yeah. had me at the opening when it was the mural it's a mural mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's not graffiti it's, it's or a chalk drawing it's it's a painted mural of yeah. basically being like this is what you're gonna see for the next two hours two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> um i also want to sharp uh lewis johnson who is the choreographer because like there's a lot of iconic moments in this like um everybody rejoice the kazoo moment in oh the kazoo uh, moment he's the the wizard yeah and like what's really funny is that they have the pom-poms before and then all of a sudden the pom-poms are gone and now we have the kazoos and the choreography of that uh so i'm sharpening how sassy the tin man is i'm glad that they made that the character choice for nipsey (laughs) 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 um I'm also giving, like, the cast is amazing, but I want to sharp Mabel King specifically because, like, girl was shouting for the rafters, like, to the nosebleed section. Um, and uh, Healthily, healthily. Healthily, yes. It, and, was a, it was a really, I was, actually, that's something I remarked on today. I'm like, she's giving a really healthy scream, and you don't always hear that. And her song, Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News, like, it, it's just amazing. The way that uh, it's shot. It's gorgeous too. Yeah, because like what what I like about this, unlike a lot of other musical movies, is that LeMay uses the wide a lot because then we get to see everything and it makes yeah. it a little more theatrical. Whereas a lot of other musical movies I've come to realize just like cut things and you're like but there's so much choreography happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it should look like it. I think all movie musicals should take nods from the old MGM films where you have that beautiful, like sweeping shot. You have a wide shot. Like this movie does it. And they, and I'm, I'm sure someone did the work. And it's like, yeah. Like you set the camera and then you just have the actors go. Yeah. Like you're not moving it around. You're not doing all these, like there's some moments in other movies where I can understand you want to move the camera and everything and do a cut and whatnot. But like, just enjoy the, the spectacle that you're recording. Yeah. You know? Um, also, I want to shout, uh, sharp, uh, everybody rejoice and home the finale. Like, yeah, they, they are on both ends of the spectrum in terms of emotional, uh, how emotional they are, but like, it, it, they are so beautifully done. Jason, I believe you're next with your sharps. Oh, it would be me. Um, I want to, I, I, I want to shout out, give a sharp to how black, this 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 production is even though even though when transferred with the when transferred the movie it had kind of a a whitish creative team yeah uh, which which i didn't really think about until until today but it's still because of the work that the 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 creative team of, of the of the original broadway show because that's completely made for 
executed, executed by black people, uh, the work that they did, um, it kept, it retained its blackness. And I, I, I love it so much. Any other sharps? Oh God, I can go, I could sharp for days. Uh, <laughs> Mabel, Mabel King, Mabel King's costume, Evelyn's costume, uh, and, and the fact that it becomes a toilet at the end, <laughs> that's camp. That is camp. <laughs> oh my God. The, the, um, um, uh the music quincy jones the the funk of it all it's it's so 70s and so timely um i i I wish i were alive at this this point in time because i think i mean because funk to us is kind of like you know back in the day but back then that was like their jam Mm -hmm. so they must have people the audience must really been living in the theaters seeing this i couldn't imagine demo city sequence they must have been dying oh 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 the Vogue, the like people talk <laughs> about Madonna bringing Vogue to the 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 to, to social to um pop mainstream. culture mainstream. Thank you, but the Emerald City sequence gives it's not to, to Vogue. It's ballroom. It's a ball. Yeah, it's, it's a it's ball. ballroom, and 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 it's so good. And it yeah, even by gay people, <laughs> even watching it, you're just like they are. They are, uh, you could see this in Legendary, in Pose, yes. and all these other things that are happening about ballroom culture, because they're, they're giving, they're like, look at it, take it all in, drink, drink all of this fashion and everything. Yeah. But the fact that, um, but, but the, the, the wizard is the, the, the caller, the, is, is called the uh... shots. That, that they're literally doing ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And it's they, in... yeah. Oh, I just got to that video, that part in the trailer on the IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> Those beautiful dancers are walking by, and one uh-huh. goes by, and she's got like the scarf kind of yes. piece. And I go, and I go, oh, they've got her like like um, Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. Yeah, and then it the is... next one, and then the it's... next one walks by, and I go, wait, is that Iman? And then I'm like, wait, is everybody in this movie? Fashion, <laughs> yes, fashion, yes, Grace Jones and Iman, like. The IMDb page is like this is Iman's uh, first fil- uh, film debut and everything. And I was like, oh, cool! Everyone's in this movie. Everyone, everyone. Twenty four, twenty four million. This is what twenty four million dollars can buy. What that? I wonder what that would be in inflation now. Probably around fifty or sixty million dollars. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that, probably a little be... more. Probably more. Do you know how uh, to do that? You know how to do that math? I thought, I thought you were going to do Me? it. No. I thought, I thought Aaron was going to do it. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was thinking guy. like 50 million would be a low budget film now. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. oh, that would be a low budget film now. It, yeah. it would be like an A24 indie film. <laughs> with a, with no. an ensemble cast. A24 The Wiz. I'm not, I'm not ready you for that. You know what? <laughs> if, if anything, they would do it. They could do it. And they would it, set it in Kansas and it would look would. very like. <laughs> Can you imagine the trailer for that? Ari Aster's directing it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Aaron, what are your sharps? Okay, this this is really hard because because it is like the whole film. Yeah, uh, you know the whole film is sharp, but um, specifically Snow Nato. Yeah, Snow Nato coming out here at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's why not. <laughs> they had to justify it because they're like there are no t- real tornadoes in New York. So no, not oh, tornado. you're right. 
Yeah, might be. It's no NATO. Um, I, I did write the don't ease sign. I love the don't ease <laughs> sign. We talked about be a lion, poppy girls, just the music in poppy yeah. girls, you know, that and that's been sampled forever. I don't know if I sharp this or not, but like Diana sings Glinda's song before Glinda gets to sing it. <laughs> and the balls oh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she wasn't in the room anyway. <laughs> she, was, she didn't know she didn't know she watched movie she was pissed um, I, re- I really love Pamela and Mike in the in the Emerald City sequence and Dorothy and the fr- Dorothy and her friends run up to the camera and they pose they try yes. to get on, on TV and the camera puts its yes. lens up and walks away <laughs> and they get all dejected uh. <laughs> I, I, I also wrote down like those poor actors that were cast as the camera and microphone the cameras and microphone like ooh. They get, they're imagine? like, I'm I'm in a movie. I'm in a movie. I'm covered in a camera and I have to <laughs> stay at like a night bent over because uh, oh. <laughs> Mike was really good though. And it takes time for you to listen to it walk across the stage, you know, when they call Mike. <laughs> Mike was really good. Um I, you know, we've we've talked about everybody rejoice, but um like the the journey that it goes through, they they start in those winky costumes which are like leather face, full body costumes of yeah. like, of like uh, uh, early black stereotypes, you know, in film. Yes. And then they, and then they unzip it and they're beautiful and they turn Sexy. into like, um, like an Ernie Barnes painting, Ooh, you know, like of that. like, oh. of like the Harlem like Renaissance yeah. you know, imagery kind of. And, and um yeah that's it's it's just beautiful the the whole the whole journey of that and and then the song goes right into its own reprise you know so it's like everybody <laughs> rejoice part one and everybody rejoice part two yeah and then and then um yeah that's it home being one long shot you yeah. know yeah yeah you know Can you imagine like, how long that's all you took? needed i i, I want to know how many takes that one took yeah. because like to get the tears just right and everything. If she cried in every take, who knows? Yeah, who knows? We don't know. We don't know. She knows. She knows. It's Oscar. It's Oscar. Jason, you know her, right? You got a number? I can I can get to her. We can Twitter. We can, I can get to her. <laughs> um, would you would we add any of the songs to our life's playlist? They are I really had to think about this one. They're in my our playlists. Yes, yes. But like I wrote so I wrote down um is on down the road number three because i like it when it's all four of them yeah. like no sh- no shade to the other two but like when you have all four friends together it's like that's that's the song that's yeah. it that's when it's amazing and you get all the parts um i also wrote down be a lion emerald city sequence uh everybody rejoice believing yourself dorothy's version and then home finale because home finale makes me feel things <laughs> What's it like to feel things? Oh, uh, you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep talking to my pharmacologist. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, Jason, are you saying all the songs? Okay. Specifically, No Bad News. I mean, that was my, as a child, that was my song, which should have been very telling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It should have been telling. Um, everybody rejoice. Um I also love um, Slide Some Oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my faves. Uh, there's got to be one more that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. Be a Lion. 
Beeline is great. I like I like Beeline a lot, but those are my top three. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, what what songs would you add to your last playlist? You know, that reminds me, I wanted to sharp the the wooden background singers in Slide Some Oil to oh, me. So yes. Good. <laughs> so good. What? <laughs> just, like, just like all the little details, details. that we yeah. have okay. to be like, how can we add people? Because like the introduction of the munchkins is terrifying because these things are coming out of the wall that are doing uh, this jerky motion. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're people <laughs> okay people who need You're not people. inanimate objects becoming animate great <laughs> i i think it was like around 2012 or something but motown quietly released a shelved album of diana ross singing all the songs from the movie <gasps> yeah it's what? it's on spotify and oh. so <laughs> i also did read that um He's on down the road number one. So the Diana Ross, Michael Jackson one reached like top 40 or something like that. Yeah. What's weird. So, so um, what's weird is this, like the single version is never in the sound is not on the soundtrack, but it was released separately as, as a single, but the one we get in the soundtrack is closer to the movie. So it's like, you know, it's edited to go along with the narrative of the film, but um, yeah, that was the hit that was, and, and I'm kind of surprised, uh, like brand new day um you know is well known but i i don't think it was as you know i don't think it was a chart single like that but yeah ease on down the road was was the big hit um i yeah probably everything i might not do the um like what would i do if i could feel i might leave that one off but everything else is basically there already you're just like yeah let's do it woo dance <laughs> yeah, <let's> do it. <laughs> Um, well, gentlemen, we did it. We did that. We we did the whiz. And I'm doing a whiz. so happy to start my day talking about the whiz because, <sighs> like, it honestly, I do feel like I like this more than the Wizard of Oz. I guess we all do. We all do. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's because like maybe maybe like it's set in new york maybe it's like everyone's a little older maybe that's what i'm more attracted to it but like or maybe it's just the music and everything but i don't i don't know what it is i i just this this movie is so good and i need to watch it more (laughs) it's always streaming it's always well i also have the dvd of it somewhere so remember dvds (laughs) i will never forget you know (laughs) um so what do we all have to plug or promote since it's the end of the episode everyone uh i'm 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 not announcing things yet okay (laughs) okay okay can people still find you on scruff and call you pretty Oh, oh my god find me on scruff uh tell me i'm pretty please like i need it like i need it like 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 the like the dancers miss the rain (laughs) <laughs> but, no, dance, it's not dancers. It's deserts. Miss the rain. That's what it is. See, I thought you were doing an everybody rejoice like oh, reference. Oh yeah, yeah that's, what, that's, that's what I was doing. I'm, I'm not a bumbling idiot. <laughs> uh, but like any any new announcements, people can probably find it on your Instagram. I'm you can find my Instagram, Jason J A Y S O N L K E R R on Instagram. Now and you can find me on other socials like that too. Now, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and I have been chatting also on Instagram. He has, um, he he's at nightcap underscore test oven. Would you explain about that to the good people? 
Um, yeah, sure. I, I, I was in the food industry for a long time and I had a nightcap coffee bar and then, um, and then went to California and was doing a, a, a food industry, uh, job there with Disney and, and on the side running, running a little, uh, micro bakery. But, um, now I just, uh, now I just use it to chat to people. <laughs> I have a secret, uh, I actually have a secret life where, uh, um, I'm, uh, working on some podcast episodes with a few other people where we look at like the esoteric and folklore beliefs in some fairy tales and and oh. um, fantasy fiction um, and I haven't crossed that over into the nightcap account but maybe I'll send you some links to that can where can people what what is the is, so is that one still, you can actually find that project <laughs> yeah it's it's super secret but you could you could actually find that on instagram at storybook podcast lovely yeah storybook podcast someday i will post them <laughs> so you can actually listen to an episode <laughs> so oh they're, they're so they are right? yeah but i haven't posted any episodes yet they but are there super yeah, secret yeah. got but it no, but there really will be only you yeah, know about there really them. will be yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a couple collaborators, at least. <laughs> that's good. Well, welcome to the Life's Without a Song family, Aaron. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Will you. Be, I love you it. Will be I'm back a big fan. Later. Um, I'm a big fan. If people... Oh, thank you. Oh. And, <laughs> and Jason, you. of yours, because you brought Jacques Brel to the table. Baby. You, yeah, I had to do it for the children. I had to my do it for the children. Oh, my computer is and still I, on and I love I love like Jacques Brel. I love Jacques Brel. That's such a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not even good versions of his songs. It's so bad. It's rough. But the children so if, had you, to, if you didn't had get it, it, yeah. If you didn't get it, John, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I, thank you for reminding me. I need to pick up my computer's penicillin later. Um, pick up your own too. <laughs> shut up <laughs> shut your poor mouth uh and if you wanna i don't know oh okay so call for the audience if you were in a production of the whiz um let me know i want to hear about it some pictures uh, especially pictures. if you if, if if it's a bad if it's a wrong production of it if you know what i mean i want to see it show it to my face <laughs> there is a there there is a can we uh, make you know a gallery gonna... of all wrong productions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, new Instagram account. Not all just the Wiz, but like, you know. Dream Girls. Went to this island. Dream Girls. Oh my Tishba, God. What's the word? Tichaba and the Crucible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um send it to me at buttersongpod.gmail.com maybe the three of us will be curators of this new Instagram account Um, and if you want to I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at buttersongpod Scruff too not not at buttersongpod on Scruff you can (laughs) But you can find me there. Call it, tell me I'm pretty for once, for fuck's sake. Uh, I call you something you, else. I call you something else on that side. Yeah, you call me whore all the time. <laughs> um, and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well, it's a milestone episode because it's episode 200, everyone. I oh, wow. Episode. Wow. So uh, we are going to be talking about a book called Cancer, Musical Theater, and Other Chronic uh. Illnesses. So pick it up and read it speed read it because you know yeah, it's a good twice book. a week it's a good it's a great good book. book yeah Very and he's a good and he's a good person i think good ish 
<laughs> Edward, Edward I, can't, I can't believe I said, cut it. I, I can't say anything nice on him on the air. Uh, <laughs> cut that. I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, it's always been a great time having you on. And Aaron, again, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, letting me badger you about coming on the podcast. Aww. Oh, please. Bit. Thank you. Thank you. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> oh, definitely. We've got plans. Yeah. But... So good to meet you, Aaron. Likewise. Yeah. Yes. And uh, bye for now, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.